Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Haley. And my name is Jess. Today's episode is all about mast cell activation syndrome, also known as MCAS. If you see those four letters, that's what it means. Um, this is something that I personally suffer from. And since my symptoms have recently like came back full force, we figured now is a good time to really like dive deep into what my story with the disease is, as well as just spread awareness around it. Most people within the Lyme community are probably already familiar with mast cell activation syndrome, but um, it's actually been making headlines lately as something that people are dealing with post-COVID as well. So we just want to dive into it a little bit here. So do you want to just start it off and just kind of tell us a little bit about what mast cell activation syndrome is? Yeah, so I pulled a definition for it um, from a website that we will link in our episode show notes, but mast cell activation syndrome is a condition in which the patient experiences repeated episodes of the symptoms of anaphylaxis, allergic symptoms such as hives, swelling, low blood pressure, difficulty breathing, and severe diarrhea. There's actually a lot more symptoms than that but that's just the ones that were stated on where I grabbed the definition from. Um, If you do Google it, there's like a lot more things that can happen. So if you're having something that's not specifically listed there, just know that it's still a possibility. Um, But the one thing I think that's, that's really interesting to me is that when I've tried to explain what mast cell activation syndrome is to people, and that's a really long word. I'm not going to say that the whole time. I'm just going to say MCAS. Okay. That's abbreviated <laughs> Or now. MCAS. People call it MCAS okay. in like a conversation. So we'll call it MCAS. Um, people always like come back with like, okay, well then just like stay away from the foods that you're allergic to or like don't do those things that triggers it. But like that's not really how MCAS works. It's inappropriate allergic reactions, which kind of means it's not really caused by a specific thing yeah um it's not caused by something you are truly allergic to at all it could coincide with that but if that's not how it always works um it could be something that you ate the day before but now you ate it today and you have a reaction to it it could be a shampoo you've been using your whole life and now all of a sudden today you have an allergic reaction to it it's really just like there's not a specific cause for it so as like those things help not eating things that you're allergic to and staying away from things you're allergic to that obviously helps but like that's not the only thing that you do yeah like it's not that simple exactly and that's what I think probably makes it so hard to deal with and manage and even probably get a diagnosis because it is so all over the place yeah and I think the best way that I found MCAS explained was this analogy called the histamine bucket. And that this goes for just straight histamine intolerance and something that's a little bit more severe, such as MCAS. But histamine is what's sent out by your mast cells to like attack invaders in your body. So you can think of histamine building up in your body similar, similarly to how water fills up in a bucket. You only have so much room to hold the water or the histamine Um, like once the bucket is full, the histamine begins to spill out or spill over causing your immune system to react. So is it like low histamine or high? High histamine. Okay. Okay. Like you have too much histamine happening. Okay. So it creates this reaction. Yeah. So if you do things that cause histamine, so AKA eat things that you're allergic to or like different environmental factors, like 
we'll get into it, but like like mold can raise mm-hmm. your histamine levels. Um, just there's so many different things. So, okay. I mean, even honestly, something as simple as taking a hot shower raises your histamine levels in your body, like anything that causes some sort of like fluctuation in your body. So people would be on like a low histamine diet. Yes. 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 To control their high histamine issues. Um, So the thing is, you need to like spend a considerable amount of time doing things that lower that histamine level in your bucket. So that you avoid the overflow, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the allergic reaction. And that's why it can be so fucking sporadic. And that's why it's so sporadic. Because you literally don't really know when that bucket's going to overflow. And so you have to make sure if you're somebody dealing with MCAS that you're continuously doing things to lower the bucket as you're doing things that are filling your bucket. That makes so much more sense to me like when you explain it like yeah that. okay good yeah <laughs> I think that that'll help a lot of people really understand um I did get a link for that too that kind of explains it even further that I'll also link in the show notes mm-hmm. um as far as like the histamine bucket thing goes okay perfect so why would somebody get mast cell activation syndrome and somebody else wouldn't so this is interesting because Personally, I feel like it's the same reason some people get certain diseases and illnesses and others don't. Like, I don't know the exact science behind this, but I imagine it has a lot to do with like genetics and environmental factors that you're exposed to. The same as other illnesses, right? Um, I personally have the MTHFR gene mutation. Also like to call that the motherfucker gene mutation. (laughs) What's it stand for? I honestly don't know the whole like words. It's a lot of scientific words that I don't, I would not remember off the top of my head. Um, but I have that, which is known to show up in people that develop mast cell activation syndrome. Um, people who live in mold and have poor detox genes also like myself seem to be affected by MCAS more, um, as well as people suffering from Lyme disease, AKA tick-borne illness. They're also more susceptible to MCAS And then obviously now we're hearing that people who have had COVID are now more susceptible to developing it as well. Yeah. Which I also experienced. (laughs) So Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because like you've been through this once before, like when you were living in toxic mold and you were living with an undiagnosed tick-borne illness and now you're going through it a second time, but you still have like all of your routines in place and like you're taking care of yourself. It's not like you just took 10 steps back. I mean, you did kind of take 10 steps back, but it's nothing, it's nothing you did intentionally or changed about your lifestyle. Yeah. The only difference is the fact that I had gotten off of my mast cell activation syndrome regimen. Okay. And was managing it without the prescriptions and everything. Okay. And then I, it was, I had been off of those for, uh, I don't know, over year a year and a half, two years. Okay. No, year and a half, maybe. Okay. I had just been off the prescriptions, like the hardcore stuff. Yeah. And been managing it fine. Is that so. something when you got on those like prescriptions and that routine, is that something that you were told to do forever? No. Okay. No. Um, I wasn't really told if I was supposed to do it forever if I wasn't supposed to do it forever um I was just told you need to do this right now kind of thing the two thousand dollar (laughs) bill yeah and so when I got on them actually when I changed doctors 
I changed to a naturopathic doctor. And at that point, I was doing a lot better. And my doctor was like, do you feel comfortable with me trying to get you off of these prescriptions? Okay. And I was like, it's worth a try. I haven't had a reaction in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And we did slowly get me off of them. And I had been fine for a really long time until COVID came around. Yeah. So since you have been through this before, like what sort of things have you learned that you're kind of carrying into this time around? Okay. So I kind of want to take the opportunity to like go all the way back to 2018 with this question because I feel like there's definitely things I learned, but I also... I know I've kind of explained this in a different episode as far as like the story of all of the reactions and stuff, but I just want to like dive a little bit into it first. Especially Um, because somebody may not have listened to that episode because it was so long ago at this point. Exactly. So I was first diagnosed in 2018 um, when I became very sick pretty quickly. Um, It actually all started with like a typical winter flu, um, which turned into pneumonia. I was also living in black mold and had under underlying tick-borne illness. And I was also under like the most stress career-wise of my entire life. So I had a lot of different factors that were like breaking down my immune system. I started having allergic reactions to literally everything. I would brush my teeth and my lips would swell like I got punched in the face. My dog, like playing or cuddling with my dog, would make me like break out in hives on my arms. This was the weirdest thing that happened to me. I would choke on a sip of water randomly every now and then. And I would cough so hard that my face would get flushed and hot. And I was just like so confused by that. Never knew what was going on at the time. Um, And almost every meal that I was eating was running through me like fucking hot lava which was by far the worst symptom of the entire thing um and I'll also never be able to explain the fatigue that you get with MCAS it's like someone slowly shutting off your brain and you can do literally nothing about it the weird thing for me is that it tends to happen after I eat and it's not every time I eat It's just every now and then I'll eat a meal and then afterwards I'm just like slowly just like going down and I'm like, I can't stop this. I was just actually thinking about this this morning that right after I ate, I was ready to take a fucking nap. (laughs) So, And I'm sure to a certain extent that's normal. Yeah. Because your body puts a lot of energy into eating a meal. And then afterwards, it's like focused on digesting that food. So it's like you're lacking energy and like other like I feel like that's normal to a certain yeah. extent. But definitely watch it. Definitely be careful, Haley. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after these reactions, I literally had no choice but to start finding doctors to figure out why the hell I was allergic to life all of the sudden. Um, and then something I did want to know, too, while I'm talking about this, I did go through testing with doctors and that was hell I remember this yeah Didn't you have to like connect collect your urine yeah for 24 hours in a jug and I had to do it three times because the lab place fucked it up twice so I had to take three whole days off of work to collect my piss it was really fun and um but yeah so MCAS testing is just as terrible as Lyme disease testing if not worse in like the reliability and being able to tell you anything 
So if you are somebody that's dealing with these kind of symptoms or worried that you might be, I suggest finding an allergy doctor who is already familiar with MCAS, mast cell activation syndrome. That's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are happen to be in the Everett, Washington area or nearby, I do have a recommendation for you. So you can always DM us and ask and I will send that over. I'm just not going to say it right here right now. But it was months of testing, including food allergy testing, which I do recommend. Um, that's probably the only part of the testing I would actually recommend because I do feel it's helpful to eliminate triggers, even though they aren't the sole cause of it. Yeah. I ate only chicken and rice for a very long time until I was finally given the diagnosis. And by that time, I had already realized that there was a connection between like mast cell activation syndrome and Lyme and mold. So I obviously kept digging deeper from Mm -hmm. that point forward. And a few months after I started seeing a Lyme doctor was when I was diagnosed with multiple tick-borne illnesses. Those ones are Babesia, Bartonella, and Ehrlichia, as well as mold toxicity. So that's just a quick backstory of everything that did happen in 2018 of when I first got diagnosed with it. So do you feel like like you were able to really learn from that last experience? Like, do you feel like it's benefiting you this time around? 100% benefiting yeah. me. Um, what really scares me is how confusing and scary it was in 2018 when I was going through it because I had never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what the hell was happening. And now I know how many people are in that same spot that I was post-COVID and they don't know what the fuck's happening to them. And I just am seeing all of this stuff all over the internet and Mm -hmm. I just feel so bad for them. Yeah. And that's why it's important for me to talk about it and even if it's a funny, stupid reel that I make, like for some reason my actual mass cell TikToks do relatively well compared to anything else, chronic illness. So a lot of people have allergies out there. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, I can imagine this is like a really frustrating one too, because it's probably one of those ones that if people are going to dismiss you as like, it's all in your head or you're making this up, like this would be a really easy one to do that to because of the fact that it is so sporadic and mm-hmm. in some of the things like might seem normal but they're really not normal yeah. like I know you were talking about one of your symptoms which I do want to kind of get into like mm-hmm. what the symptoms are but even like having your pillow on your arm and Mm. the indentations and stuff in your arm like some people might not know that that's a mast cell reaction I think about little things like that so I posted that picture to my Instagram story of my arm so I had laid down in bed to watch Netflix I had put my arm underneath my pillow I was laying there for maybe 15 minutes and then I got up to go to the bathroom and my arm literally looked like I had fallen asleep under a thousand blankets for like 14 hours straight and I'm just like okay but what I had learned by my Lyme doctor was that it's actually a histamine reaction from your body when you get those indents in your arm from fabrics it happens to a lot of people but nobody fucking knows that Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you have mast cell activation syndrome but it does mean at that moment in time your histamine was pretty fucking high and you should probably be careful And the amount of messages I got from people that are like, oh, my God, this happens to me all the time. And then they would start telling me about all of these other things that happens to them. 
And I'm just like, and you don't question that? Yeah. That is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. And I would have never known that's what those indents on your arm mean if I wouldn't have had a doctor that told me that. Mm -hmm. I've never heard that anywhere else besides that one doctor that I saw. Yeah. (laughs) And that's crazy. And now you can identify it. Now I can. Yeah. And now I can know like, oh shit, my histamine's going wild and out today. Yeah. So it's similar to like the skin writing. Have you heard of skin writing? Where if you take like your fingernail and you rub it across your arm and it leaves like a red raised scratch. Oh, yeah. That's called skin writing. And that's also a histamine thing. Oh. So if you do that and it leaves a red welt, that means that you have high histamine in your body. I know. It's kind of creepy. It's called skin writing. And that (laughs) happens to a lot of people, too. Yeah. But nobody really knows that's a histamine thing either. Yeah. Wow. It's the stuff you learn. Yeah. So you're currently like going through a flare up of this. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. like what this looks like in real time for you now as opposed to 2018. Yeah. So as I had said, I did have everything like pretty damn well managed in the last few years. Um, And I was on that for about two years, I think now, two years of being managed. But unfortunately, as of mid-January, I started noticing allergy symptoms popping up, just random little things, which every now and then random little things do happen. And I'm like, okay, it's a sign I need to slow the fuck down, get my shit back on track. Mm -hmm. But they just, you know, started coming and would not stop. Um, And I unfortunately did catch COVID in early January. And I had heard that COVID was making mast cell issues in people. So I was instantly like, fuck yeah when you got that antibody test that said yeah had had covid you're like shit like now i know why these allergic reactions are coming back so intensely Mm -hmm. and it definitely is because covid re-triggered them or whatever you call it yeah um i definitely have had some crazy shit happen to me in the last few weeks i feel like um, we'll go, we can go through my like symptoms too while I'm talking about it. So my main symptoms that I'm like having currently are bloating, fatigue, like I mentioned, like the drowsiness after eating. Also, I've been taking like extremely long naps. I like go to lay down for a half hour and I wake up like three and a half hours later and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so the fatigue is definitely a lot worse. Um, I get a lot of rashes like on my legs after showering, kind of like heat rash type looking uh, rashes on my feet and I get really hot feet by the end of the day. That's a big one for me. I know my mast cell is flaring up if my feet feel really, really hot by the time I get home from work. That is such a weird thing to say. Yeah. But it's such a thing for me. Hot feet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Random hives on my arms. It's not like a lot of hives. It'll usually be like a few and they're like itchy and I like scratch my hand because my hand's itchy. And then I'm like, why the fuck is my hand so itchy? And then I'll just like look down and there'll be like a couple. Yeah. So it's not like full body hives or anything for me. Um, yeah. Itchy, watery eyes, a runny, congested nose, which is typical with like allergy type things. Um, Severe fucking diarrhea after eating. It doesn't always happen, but when it does, I swear to God, I think I'm dying. Oh my God. So this happened to me the other night and I was actually did a whole therapy session on this because I was fucked up emotionally from this. I will say Um, I 
after work, really wanted to go somewhere. So I went out to eat by myself. I don't go out much. I especially don't really go out by myself to eat because like it's kind of, I don't know, it's intimidating. To, like, I was go kind of impressed that you went to a restaurant by yourself. Like I wouldn't. I was proud of myself. I literally was like, I want to go out to eat. I'm just going to go by myself. I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to get the salad that I love. Like I'm just going to do it. And I did it. And by the time I got home, I was so fucking sick. And I was in the bathroom. (laughs) My poor boyfriend, he knows all of my diarrhea issues. (laughs) Thank God he has diarrhea too. (laughs) He has Crohn's disease. Do you have two bathrooms? Not Crohn's. He has celiac disease. Okay. So like he has stomach issues too. Wait, are you guys going to have two bathrooms when you live together? The first few months, yes. Okay. Probably not later on. But okay. Um, so we've already, we've already, we know it's an issue for us in our relationship, <laughs> but, uh, besides the fact, um, I was texting him during it cause I was in the bathroom and it makes me feel so crazy. It's like my legs get weak. Like I have like barely any muscle strength in my legs. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm about to pass out feeling, but like I'm also on the toilet. So like I can't pass out because I'm going to fucking hit my head on the tub. And mm-hmm. like, you know, it's really, really fucking scary. Yeah. And it seriously, it just hurts. It hurts so fucking bad. Aww. And it just lasts for like, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour. And every time you think you're good, you go to get up and you're like, nope, that's not time to get up yet. Yeah. Like <laughs> sit and fuck back down. So it was a rough night and after like being so proud of myself for getting out of the house and going and doing that because I really, really wanted to and then to have my body have that fucking reaction was so emotionally irritating. I just wanted to just break everything. I'm thinking about, I feel like I just yelled that. (laughs) No, but I'm thinking about just how this has affected you and just like living with you and I like I didn't know about that incident yeah but I'm thinking about one night last week where I could just tell you were just like not okay yeah like emotionally yeah I think that was the night after that happened yeah because I was really emotionally fucked up (laughs) for a long time yeah um other symptoms abdominal cramping brain fog I also get this insane pressure in my skull which is like a headache but it's not a headache because it's just like pressure I don't know it's very weird and then I'm nauseous a lot so I'll like go to eat a meal and I'll take one bite and I'll just be like there's no way that this is happening and I just am done right then and there yeah but um those are just my personal symptoms the symptoms range I know people who with mast cell who have never had diarrhea and never had like the gut issue portion of it so You really don't fucking know, you know, what it's going to be. Yeah. But do your research. Wow. So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but how is this like affecting your day-to-day life? Yeah. So um, it's hell. (laughs) That's literally the only, the only thing I can use to explain it because like Lyme symptoms, you can, I, I feel like I can power through those to a certain extent, you know, because it's just... It's not as, it's not as instant and I feel like mast cell is actually more like physically visible of a disease to where like 
I could be fucking sitting on the toilet screaming my fucking brains out and not able to leave the bathroom because I'm in so much pain. How am I supposed to do any work when I'm in that situation? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I supposed to do anything? Or I could be at work and I'm covered in rashes and hives and like wanting, you know, feeling terrible there. So it's definitely more, more physically visible, which makes it a lot more difficult to go through your normal day-to-day stuff with it. Yeah. So. Damn. Okay. So do you have any remedies that you're going to try? Like old ones that you've used or any maybe new ones that you've learned about? Um since the last time so as soon as I realized that this was going on again I scheduled a doctor's appointment and I told my doctor put me back on everything that I used to be on I don't want to chance it I don't want to be in pain I don't want to be uncomfortable that's what worked for me last time let's get fucking on top of this and let's put me back on everything and luckily I have an amazing doctor who respects me when I need to do things like that yeah and he actually instantly when I said that he was like Jessica I just want you to know I'm 100% gonna do this for you because I know when you are good you're willing to try the things that I ask you to try and when you're not good you know that you're not good and I'm willing to give you the things that you need to feel better yeah and I was like thank you I yeah. can appreciate that well and it should be like a mutual like not, not relationship but like a mutual yeah. thing for you guys to figure out how to best take care of you yeah and your health so so I don't want to like name out everything that I'm doing currently but it is I did talk about it on my Instagram stories and I did save it in a highlight on my Instagram page so if you want to know the exact things I'm taking you can go on there and see that um so just like a supplement regimen supplements and prescription okay um but as a reminder this is not medical advice from me I am not a doctor this isn't a personalized treatment plan for me from my doctor so just make sure that you you know, talk to your doctor and ask your doctor what they might recommend. Um, I also want to also state that there's so many different medications and so many different antihistamines and so many different supplements out there that there's a very large chance that what works for me might not be the exact thing that works for you. Yeah. And like you said, all the symptoms are so different too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just know that like if you try something and it doesn't work, you can always try something else. Um, it might be a pain in the ass to get it pinned down and figured out because there's so many options. Mm-hmm. But that also gives you a higher chance of actually finding relief because there are a lot of options. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, okay. I have one last question. Okay. And so what do you want your support system to know as you're going through this? So last time I went through this, I definitely downplayed the severity of it a lot and that did me no good. Um, so I just want people close to me to know that I do have a game plan. I'm going to do what needs to be done. But if I'm unable to show up, whether that's for work, a simple phone call, a simple conversation, an event, a birthday party, anything, just know that like I do want to be there, but my body is not currently allowing me to be. So just give me grace to the fact that my body, unfortunately, makes a lot of the decisions for me and I can't always control them. I did actually have a conversation with Stephen about this recently. Um, He was asking me questions and I replied, I forget exactly like what the question was or what I replied with, but 
his response, he was like, he kind of like took it, took my message um, as like I was being very, very stern with him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like, it was like, whoa, <laughs> like, yeah. okay. And then I was like, oh, that was not meant to like feel like I was mad or like yelling at you or anything. I was like, I just know that when I've explained this in the past to people or when it was happening last time, I acted like everything was fine. And now I'm 100% not going to do that. Yeah. If I'm struggling and I'm in pain, I'm going to fucking say that this is hell and this is what's happening. Yeah. So I think that that was like a good learning moment to where I, you know, I told him the exact truth about how I was in that moment. Yeah. He was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize, you know, so. Yeah, which can be scary for people to hear. But I think that it's important for you to be, like, honest and upfront with how you're doing. I do have a follow-up question. And Mm -hmm. I obviously, I think I know what your answer is going to be to this. But, like, do you want people's advice? Do you want people like trying to make recommendations on what you should do? This is a great question. And I'm really glad you asked actually. Um, So when I post things on Instagram mainly, um, because people in my real life don't really give me advice because they don't know what's going on. (laughs) So this is all Instagram. But um, when I post things to my Instagram stories, I try to make it very clear when I want advice and when I'm just posting to just post that it's an experience to spread awareness Mm -hmm. so I think that's my answer is like if I want advice I will straight up ask for it yeah you know I will ask what supplement do you recommend or what do you think about this what do you think about this yeah I will put question boxes and things on my Instagram stories and ask for that stuff um so yes I do when I ask for it no I don't when I don't fucking ask for it Mm -hmm. um I think what makes it difficult is a lot of like we talked about at the very beginning of this episode is a lot of people think, oh, allergic reactions. Then they try to give you advice to just mm-hmm. stay away from things that can cause allergic reactions. And it's like, OK, I'm for, I don't have the time to educate you. Yeah. Well, this. and for example, like what gave you an allergic reaction is not going to be the same thing that gives me an allergic reaction. So don't tell me I can't eat a fucking avocado for dinner. <laughs> That's so annoying. Had a lot of people come at me for my avocado. I know we didn't even get to talk about this. I was actually really curious. And I think too, like a lot of people in your support system, it helps them to feel like they're giving you solutions and ways to like fix it. But I know it's like you don't want somebody else Mm -hmm. to fix it for you. You just need somebody to hold space and like listen to you. Um, So I think that that's just like really important if your friends are going through something like this it is really important and I have that conversation a lot with Steven that I'm like I don't need you to fix it Mm -hmm. I don't need you to do anything in this moment I just need you to let me vent to you about this I just need you to listen Mm -hmm. and I just need you to validate that this fucking sucks right now yep (laughs) that's really all you need to do sometimes um but then again if somebody asks you for advice then give it so yeah. I do want to end this with sharing some resources, though. Um, I found a really good website that I will link in the episode show notes that has a awesome list of product and food recommendations for people who are like highly sensitive to things. A lot of non-toxic skincare and like hair care and 
I don't know, home things. And then obviously a lot of um, ways that you can like, or different things that you can try for food and stuff. Um, obviously, like I said, this is not going to fix your mast cell activation syndrome, but it can lower that histamine in your bucket. So just yeah. remember that. Especially if this is like the first time that you're going through something like this and you don't have the prior experience and knowledge mm-hmm. of how your body is going to react like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, a book recommendation that I have, which I have read and it was amazing is called, I don't even know how to say this actually, Never Bet Against Ocom. I'm going to, I think it's Ocom. It's O-C-C-A-M and it's by Lawrence B. Afrin. He's an MD and the title is very confusing, but it is about mast cell. <laughs> Ocom is apparently, I don't know, some scientific thing that has to do with mast cell activation syndrome. Okay. I couldn't explain it to you because I'm not a scientist and I read this book three years ago. So (laughs) read the book, read the book. I highly recommend it. You can get it on Amazon. It's a great read. It is definitely a little scientific, so it might take you a while to get through. It took me like an entire year to get through it in the depths of everything. But and then as always, just find people on social media who are dealing with this that are open to talking about it and they will be incredibly useful for you while you're trying to figure out what's going on with you that's what I did at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of all this was just google the sure not google hashtag the shit out of mass activation syndrome on instagram hashtag m-c-a-s yes so do that and you will find some people that are definitely willing to help you and give you recommendations so yeah I love that tip I feel like when I give people like advice on anything it's like Read a book. <laughs> Go to the Find website. people on social media. <laughs> it's true, though. I yeah. mean, that's how I got here. That's how I'm, you know, that's, I don't know, that's how I put my pieces together. So that's how I'm going to, that's what I'm going to recommend to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this episode because I know that it was really emotional for you, but I think that this is going to hit home with a lot of people, but also, Like if you are dealing with this, this could be a good episode to send to a friend or a family member who maybe doesn't fully understand what you might be going through. Um, Yeah, that's what we hope to be for you guys. And I do want to note that we did want to record this episode earlier, but I was not in the emotional state to Mm -hmm. be able to do that. And that is okay. Like just know that if you're somebody dealing with an illness, a disease, a syndrome, whatever it's called you're going to have like a roller coaster type feelings about it. Two days ago, I probably would have, well, two days ago when Haley asked me if I wanted to record this, I probably could have punched her in the face because I was so upset about it. (laughs) But instead I just cried to my therapist for an hour the next day. (laughs) And now I'm in a state where I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable and content again. And I can talk about this. Not to say two days from now, I won't be angry as hell again. Yeah, it really, it it makes such a difference when somebody can hold space for you for how you can show up like in other ways. That's Mm -hmm. something I've just noticed with starting therapy too. I'm like, thank God for this outlet. So yeah. So everyone go start therapy if you haven't. (laughs) Hot take. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Social Soul Podcast or on TikTok. And as always, we would love if you can rate and review the podcast 
on Apple Podcasts. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, guys. See you next time.